this is probably a, in quotes, good right society village whatever where they take care of people and you know maybe there's everybody has a job and everybody has a bed to sleep in and da 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 they take care of yeah. people okay awesome versus the opposite where it's dirty and gross like agrobah like <laughs> hey, riffraff riffraff rats. street rats street rats I don't buy that <laughs> Ethical agreements and moral dilemmas is something that you can't necessarily play beyond the boundaries mm-hmm. that are established mm-hmm. because people have established boundaries on these things. Yes. Right? And so just be careful when it is that you're going about these things. And so you might be saying, shut up about all this theory. Shut up about all this theory, Byron. <sighs> Give me something to think about. And so I have a few practical examples. I yeah. think that they would save the many for the sacrifice of one. Right? I think generally people would try and do that. I don't know, though. And I, to each. I think it's because it's called a monstrous manual, not like other people manual. Right? It's your friends of varying sizes manual. Right? <laughs> okay. Friends you haven't met yet manual. Oh, nice. Right? This one's got six they're, eyes. They're monsters, so it's okay. Grabby, grabby. Mm, so grabby. Trying to steal it first. Mm-hmm. It's like every time you go to Chili's. <sighs> Who messed with this chair? The last, the last Sean was bad Sean. Was he bad Sean? Yeah, I got to fix bad Sean. Mess up my chair. Your alignment. Your ergonomics. My alignment. Ooh. No, no, I'm chaotic evil Sean. <laughs> mess up my alignment. I'm gonna burn some babies. Oh. Ooh, ooh, don't do that. Well, instead of doing that, why don't you just read the note? Yes. Uh, Today's note reads, Attention, read out loud exactly what is written on this note or be destroyed and replaced. Welcome to Caffeine and Cantrips, the show where we talk about D&D or else. Oh, it's you. Today might be a little tough for you, adventurer. We're going to talk about the knife edge between justice and treachery, compassion and cruelty. Now... Before we begin, let's take a moment to reflect on all the things you've done. Chilling. I know you heroes and heroines have danced upon the precipice of darkness and light. Some of you embark on your journeys and forget to pack a little light, don't you? We commend your bravery and valor in the face of countless challenges, where you have vanquished menacing beasts, deciphered cryptic riddles, riddles, (laughs) riddles, and defied the odds. Cryptic riddle. <laughs> Them riddles. <laughs> but let us not forget for oh, yeah. every noble deed that you have committed. Everyone. There exists a shadowy underbelly. Ooh. A tapestry of actions that cannot be ignored. Belly tapestry. Oh, dear adventurers. Ooh. Take heed at the daring warriors who have stooped to deceit and betrayal, who have fallen prey to the allure of power, or even succumbed to the throes of their own darker natures. Remember, these are not accusations, but rather reflections that provoke contemplation and inspired discourse. Ooh. Yeah. But fear not. Oh, okay. For in the vast realms of Dungeons and Dragons, we have the unique opportunity to explore the depths of our own humanity, to question our choices, and to strive for a higher standard of virtue. Hmm. Today, we take a walk on the back lanes 
Join us as we explore the highest highs and the lowest lows. Welcome to Morals and Ethics in D&D. Welcome. Uh, you have found caffeine and cantrips. Congratulations. That is one check passed for the day. Mm-hmm. Thanks for joining us. I, as always, am your resident fortress and verbal master, <laughs> Byron, and with me. Oh, I am Sean. I don't do furbolgs. Oh, but furbolgs do fortresses. <laughs> fortresses. Fortresses. <laughs> um, wow, we are setting off to a great start. Great start. Here. That's a great it. start. Um, wow, uh, what an introduction! Well done. No, oh, thank you. I, yeah, it was. Yeah, it was amazing. I had to read it or be destroyed. Or so. be destroyed, and we we're gonna try not to be destroyed. Though uh, today luck. might be difficult for that one. Today right. might be difficult. Um, I think the wizard's back. Or, or, mm-hmm. or something must be happening. It looks like you guys are powering. Our, our tree here. And we've got some, some good vibes going on. I like it. Well, enough for some light cantrips back here, it looks like. Yeah, the magic is brewing. But today, because I think this might be a long one. I don't know. This one feels like it might be a little coarse. It's, it might be. It's, it's chonky. Chonky. Nothing else. Yes. Yeah. Good old chonky chonky. Um, we, oh, chonky. We're talking about morals and ethics in D&D. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're chunk it. extra, extra chunk on this one. So I think I'm going to steal the initiative today. Oof. I know for once. And maybe I'm going to set a bit of a scope for what we're going to talk about. I like it. So that we have a better understanding of kind of what it is that we're going into. Scope me out outside. How about that? <laughs> scope me outside. <laughs> scope me on outside. That's how it goes. Classic. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I think I think it's really because these are these are big concepts in of themselves. This mm-hmm. is stuff that uh, philosophical individuals and philosophy majors alike kind of deal with mm-hmm. on a daily basis. Um, and here we come playing our fun, fancy, awesome game, and we <laughs> dive into it just for shits and giggles. <laughs> like, I just want to play D&D. Why are we talking about university level co- topics here? Yeah, I want to roll dice, level up, and get loot. And why is that unethical? Stop making me feel bad. Mm. Um, so let's talk about that. Let's talk okay. about and break down those two kind of major ideas then. So we have morals and we have ethics. And while you might think that they're very close together, like I did, I was wrong for once. Sad. Yeah, yeah fr- friends off. Um, Morals. What's the difference? Tell me. Morals describes an individual's guiding principles and personal code. Okay. Um, they essentially represent that individual's idea of what is right and what is wrong. And they're from an internal set of beliefs. So it's something that's ingrained within the person. Okay. Okay, and how the person views the world outside them. Mm -hmm. Whereas ethics, ethics are defined by the society around you. Mm -hmm. So they are standards of right and wrong defined in a social or professional or legal context. 
Um, and normally they highlight standards to consider um, when creating sets of rules, where to establish those boundaries. So okay. a lot of times the safety of things kind of then denotes what is safe, good, and what is unsafe, bad. Mm. Mm-hmm. But technically there's not necessarily a, a good or bad kind of thing behind it, like the Hippocratic Oath, right? I swear to do no harm that doctors take. Right. Right. Well, technically surgery means you're cutting into somebody. Mm-hmm. But the, the act of cutting into a person, I'm all cut a bee. Uh, <laughs> is is not in the intent to harm. Cut you with a piece of glass. Damn. If you're Street surgery. Um, right? It's it's not Street surgery. <laughs> it's not Watch in the attempt to show. harm. Yeah, rough. Um, it's not in the attempt to harm or hurt people. It's mm-hmm. actually in the attempt to heal them or make them better. Okay. Right. So we've defined that this isn't harm necessarily when we are trying to assist people, right? But that is set by an objective board or a group of people. It's society that know okay. what they're doing or supposed to. So to bring it down a little bit to more oh, plainly, sure. is it kind of like at home? I don't think there's anything wrong with double dipping when it comes to like chips and dip. Mm. But at a party, it's, it's frowned upon to double dip at a party without asking. Correct. Kind of like that. Like also with the, chips and dip, yes. The party chips and dip is, is the ethics at the, at the party. Right. But at home is my own morals. Correct. Okay. Yes. Interesting. So that there. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Now it's, it's interesting because you might not double dip, let's say at home as well, because you believe that that is wrong. Right. Right. Correct. So it is, it is different because one is set by the norms of culture around you where the other one is set by your internal beliefs. Now, Mm. while they might align or there's a heavy amount of crossover, it's not necessarily the same. Right. Right. And so points of kind of divergence is consistency. If you look at every individual in a group, they may have the same ethical constraint, but they may not have the same Mm. morals. Yep. Right. Right. As you just kind of said, right. Everybody knows it's wrong to steal, but there's somebody in the group might steal. Right. Right. Because because they need to afford bread because they don't Mm -hmm. have money for it. Right. Mm -hmm. So they, they feel like it's okay to do that because they need food. Not saying anything's necessarily wrong with that. I'm not going to do the judgment on that thing. But that is a possibility that Mm -hmm. exists in there. Not everyone has the same individual rules, yet society sets a regulation across the board Mm -hmm. that is one flat standard. Right. Right. Um, Like tipping. (laughs) Like tipping. Sure. Yeah. Well, some people just don't agree with tipping, but they'll do it anyways because they don't want to look bad correct right yeah oh you 10 so. percenters out there um <laughs> or people don't want to tip they they feel like 10 percent's enough right but everyone's like 15 15, 15. so they do 15 inflation man gets everybody even your tips it's a percentage anyways yeah <laughs> it's, it's true inflation it's it's standard of living yes anyways yes. so anyway so <laughs> That is an example of actually decision making, Mm -hmm. right? Um, When you choose to abide by kind of an ethical standard, everybody says 15% is where you should be based at versus you go to 10% because once again, maybe you don't have it or maybe you do, but the service was poor and you're making a judgment Mm -hmm. call, right? There is a standard that everybody kind of abides by and then individuals fluctuate around that. Whereas if you go to Japan, you tip, they'll chase after you. Like here's your money, here's your money. Because you forgot it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then kind of lastly, I think 
like governing factors is kind of a, a differentiation. While individuals may have different sets of standards, like individually, mm-hmm. they will set a law that kind of is a umbrella across everyone mm. to set a regulation. Right. Regardless. From like the government or the city by, or yeah, laws. Exactly. No matter what they individually feel, they will find where that line is and kind of right. set a standard or they'll create legislation or whatnot mm-hmm. that gets through votes. And yes, there's all these kind of determining and fluctuating factors behind that. But ultimately, that's another way that it defines differently. Okay. Interesting. Yeah? Yeah. Is that enough of a, a clear understanding between the difference on someone who is morally aligned and someone who's ethically aligned? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Well, it feels like ethics has so many different levels, right? Whereas morals is just you. Exactly. Right. Exactly. And how you intersect with the world is kind of your moral alignment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Versus all the standards that are out there. So it's a weird dynamic dance that you have to it, sort of navigate in the world. Is. It is. It's feels weirdly like. separate. Mm-hmm. When mm-hmm. it shouldn't be. I've never really thought of it as different. But it makes sense now that I have a different comprehension of it. Right. Well, it's like Americans tend to just wear shoes inside or you have inside indoor shoes whereas Canadians are, take, off, take off your shoes before you come into my house. Yeah. Right? It's, right? And, and, and you feel strongly about that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? So it's societal norms. It's your own house norms. Like if I was a Canadian living in the States, I would want people to take off their shoes to come into my house because right. that's, right? It's interesting. I agree. Mm-hmm. I agree. So shout out to all you foot in the carpet people because I'm right. one of them. That's right. Let me feel your carpet. You just vacuumed. It's wonderful. Oh, thank you. But yeah. Nice off carpet. That's a good start point, I think. Yep. You okay. can jump off from there. Yeah. Sure. Take us away then, buddy. All right. I will. Okay. Uh, I want to talk about, I think, let's talk about where, where do our morals come from? Oh, okay. Right? Like, they're in us. But where, how do they get in us? They're in us? They're in us. Is like, how do I get it out? <laughs> oh. I went for tacos last night. Is that? Oh, maybe. Ooh, taco morals. Um, <laughs> there are, understandably, lots of factors in creating sort of our internal moral compasses, mm-hmm. right? Um, there's like how we grew up, who our parents were, right? Who our friends were, what city we live in, what country we live in, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but it's sort of generally accepted that there is sort of some things play a larger um, percentage of sort of the effects on us growing up than others. Mm-hmm. Uh, from and from a descending from the most to the least, it goes something like this. Um, it's it's debatable exactly how much these okay. are. It's like, so this, it's like this is in order of importance. Yeah, it's like it's like twenty to forty percent of this, and then the next one would be like like fifteen to thirty five. Right, oh, okay. but in general, okay. the the it goes down like that. Okay, okay. yeah. Um, so the the it's interesting the 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 most the biggest factor in what makes our moral makeup is religion. Hmm. Not necessarily the religion that you sort of subscribe to yourself or mm-hmm. you follow, mm-hmm. but it's the predominant religion of the society that you're born in. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so that's an ethical standard kind of inducing a moral reaction. Kind of. Yeah. Right. Um, but definitely if you are, if you do belong to a certain religion, that's the number one factor. Okay. Generally. Mm-hmm. And these are big generalities. 
Yes. The 20 to 40% general. So religion, the next one is social norms. And mm-hmm. religion plays mm-hmm. a part in social norms because mm-hmm. there's, a, there's a social normative religion typically in different cultures. Mm-hmm. Um, social norms are like, oh, we, we stop at red lights when you're in a car. Right? Yeah. Where some countries they don't. Right? You honk only when someone's making a mistake to bring attention to them. Mm-hmm. In other places, bikes and bikers and cars will honk just to say hello. Right? <laughs> like, beep, I'm here. Hello. Um, right? So, religion, social norms. Next is upbringing, your childhood, mm-hmm. your parents, and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Then okay. after that, it's your education. Okay. How you're educated, where you're educated, blah, 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 okay. so forth. And then after that, it's your legal system. It's like way at the bottom. Oh, wow. Okay. Right? Like, interesting. Okay. For your moral compass. Interesting. Yes. Okay. okay. Yeah. For your own personal one. Yes. Yeah. The legal system does have effect, but it's, it's way down there. Right. Um, and then after that, there's stuff like historical context for your country and stuff like that, but it's sort of down the list. Negligible yeah. at that point. Um, so that's what it is. Again, religion, mm-hmm. social norms, upbringing, education, legal system. Okay. Right. So the biggest one is religion. Yeah. And it's sort of across sort of cultures across the world too. Um, and that's in real life. Now, when we're talking about TTRPGs or D&D specifically and D&D campaigns, um, it gets kind of muddy <laughs> because uh, religion is also the predominant factor in, in sort of campaign settings as to what will shape characters' moral compasses as well because it's sort of us. We are a character type of thing, right? Right. Um, but the difference in D&D settings is that typically uh, gods and deities, which have a lot to do with religion, are definitively real. Yes. Right? Like they have fought wars. They've killed each other. They've come back. They, mm-hmm. They've come down and they have like avatars and blah, blah, blah. Like they, they have oracles and they talk to them. And like it's, you can just cast magic spells to communicate with gods. Like it's, they're there. It, yeah, there's no question. They have question. stat blocks. They are part of the right? system. This is for a normal game, right? Your game at your table might be mm-hmm. custom, don't have gods or whatever. But as a normal statement, there, are, there is a divinity. Yes. In the games. Yeah. Yeah. Or pantheons of them. Yeah. Right. And the only reason why religion is not bigger in the real life is because we don't know if there's gods or a god or anything. Like, we have faith, typically, but we don't know. Things would, the world would change. Like, if one day we just knew that a god Whatever God that was, was real. Yeah, any. Any, any, of, any them. of them. Any of them, yeah. Right? Um, so, but in D&D, they, we know. They're real. The characters, the people, they know. Oh, Dekesis is a thing. Bomb, it's a thing, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Asmodeus is real. Um, <laughs> right? Devils, demons, they're, they're freaking real. Yes. Right? Yes. Um, so it has yeah. a huge effect on the formation of morals and morality within our D&D campaign settings, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and in extension to that, our social norms will be affected too. So if this country worships a certain God, like everything changes, right? The, the morality of it's heavily based on whatever that God says now. Interesting. Right? Or the main God is, or there's a mixture of gods. I don't know. It depends. You would have to be a mixture because right? at least, at least the way that they set up the pantheons, there's no mm-hmm. omnipotent single God that right. covers all spheres, mm-hmm. and right. all aspects. So it would be, 
Like you got to find your all-star team to pray to. to <laughs> right, like right. There's like Muhammad and Ayun. They can get along. It's fine. So like instead of fantasy right. football, they're playing like fantasy right. smite town. And, and and it's crazy. Then things like because for us in real life, we're like, no, no, be tolerant. If someone believes in uh, like Hinduism, go ahead. If someone believes in Jainism, go ahead. Right. Uh, you know, if they believe in Shintoism, like like awesome. Jamestown, like Jane from Firefly. And uh, no, oh, go ahead. <laughs> Right, as long as it doesn't hurt people, it's fine. Let's be tolerant. I'm gonna be in my bunk, <laughs> right? <laughs> but in in say uh, in 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 D and D, the worship of certain deities would be banned in certain cities. Like the head of my town is Bahamut. Nah, you're not gonna have like Tikisis worshippers. Is it Tikisis or is it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Tiamat. Tiamat. Sorry, yeah. the same thing, but t- different mm. name. Same bird, different name. Whoa. Um, <laughs> whoa there. Whoa, whoa there. Um, but then, but then it'd of, be banned. It'd be like, no. That's kind of the way it is already. Right? Generally, you get your quote unquote good aligned gods mm-hmm. that, that have taken root as the, as the primary individuals. Mm-hmm. And then your evil gods kind of are worshipped in the shadows and hidden. Right. But that, like, so it's, again, I guess, it's different, different than real life. That there's no tolerance for things. Because of gods, like there's very little, there's certain there's certain levels of there's no tolerance. Like here, like people are like yeah, I worship Satan. People are like yeah, okay. If like those, if we knew that that Satan and Jesus and everything that were real, it'd be like no. How about how about no? How about no? I guess it depends right? on their platform, right? Like what, <laughs> their they're, platform. what they're voting for, right? Yeah. Or what you vote for. As far as like which gods you you know, if if somebody's if both are <laughs> promising you eternal paradise. You're like, hmm. Do I want one on the beach or one on the jungle? Right, like, where do I want right. To but if, but if my city or my country, yes, is like follows a certain god, then like Bahamut, no, sorry, no Tiamat, like out, mm-hmm. right. So again, I just want to talk about how or I want us to think about how uh, morality is uh, intrinsically different mm. in our D and D campaigns. Uh, in a typical any of our TTRPGR campaigns, uh, because gods are real hmm. and goddesses and deities, all that kind of stuff. So yeah, let that sort of sink in um, as we move on uh, to a discussion today. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so yeah, gods are real. Uh, the like and subscribe button is also very real. You can touch it, and that changes things. Right when <laughs> when you don't have a like and a subscribe button, and when you do have a like and a subscribe yeah, faith button, in the likes is different from knowing there's a like. This is true. Well, exactly. Right. This is true. Right. There's some real effects uh, morally now on you guys whether you click on the like Ooh. and subscribe button or not. Ooh, and and if there's enough of you that do like, then you also have an ethical obligation because mm. the cultural norm right. is to slap on that. Thumbs up, hit the bell. Um, come join us, check us out on all the major platforms. <laughs> See our Patreon. We have one of those too. And uh, jump in the comment section because we love to hear from you. Mm-hmm. Um, but your point is interesting. Oh, is it? Your point is I'm interesting with the, with the aspect of understanding that there is gods mm-hmm. as kind of the fundamental difference. And, and 
religion, social norms, your upbringing, family, your education, mm-hmm. your legal system. Yeah. It kind of like all of that becomes like 5% except for religion. <laughs> right. right? Like religion is just yeah. like, boom, I am here. You will do or, you know. Right. Like not. these, these like all seeing, all reaching beings. Yeah. Not all of Big enough. But, well, they're all divine and you are small and yeah. you can, right? And if you're dealing with like a Therosian pantheon, we're just, mm, the underworld ugh. is just bad, right? It's Greek underworld. It's just bad. And all the days are jerks. No fun down there. Um, which is <laughs> why when you pick all the good people to follow, mm-hmm. right, to align yourself to um, ethically and morally, because you don't want to get smote. Um, <laughs> it's kind of like a match made in fantasy heaven. Right, what fantasy, heaven, yep. fantasy heaven, right? Because it's it is still a game. It is still make believe. This is this it's like is fantasy football, but better. Fantastic. That, that's what I said. Yeah, <laughs> all stars. Um, but it's it's important then that we reiterate the ideas of how being ethical and how being moral interacts when we are playing a game like. 5e mm-hmm. pathfinder starfinder or any of these um it's very complicated so i mean if we yep. if we take it kind of step by step we talk about the players as the first rule, right yep those who show up at the table to play and roll dice and have fun and whatnot you're coming yeah, yeah. in with your own hopefully inclusive yeah. feeling right your your tolerance you, mm-hmm. like you said your patience everybody's coming from a different background we support and like that. We want everybody to come and have fun and have a unique background and have a unique kind of idea of what they're doing and bring those versions of their cultural norms, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. To add color, to add flavor, to add depth and intrigue and interest, yep. right? So we can explore and understand and experience. Now, that also means that because we can only kind of create from what we know, mm-hmm. our PCs and our characters are biased by our own personal stories, Mm -hmm. right? And so it becomes very, very difficult very quickly to the layers that you penetrate when you essentially sit down and you yourself have your own kind of ethical responsibility, right? Like you said, did you Mm -hmm. obey all of the traffic signals? (laughs) Right. Did you speed? Did you really stop at that stop sign or did you kind of give it a little yeah. rolly roll rolling go? stop? Right. You know, it was clear. There was no tra- Yeah. But when we start talking about these sorts of things, there is a whole jumble of stuff that affects us in real life. Yes. Without having to worry about gods. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then we sit down with all of these biases and our real life selves create an artificial, not really an artificial, but an avatar of ourselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, or parts of ourselves or whatever it is, the character that we're embodying at this time. And they then, if you give them full consideration, have their own set and their set is far more complicated than our set. So not only do we have less of an understanding of where they're coming from Mm -hmm. because their worlds are more complicated specifically, ethically and morally, well, it is because there's no kind of overlying one thought or one kind of set of rules. Right. Right. Like you said, in this kingdom, we worship these gods. Mm-hmm. In that kingdom, they worship those gods. In the kingdom over there, they worship these ones. And you have a representative of each of those kingdoms. 
at your table, perhaps. Right. Right. You don't always come from the same town, mm-hmm. or from the same tavern, or from the same family circus, whatever it is. And so when you're sitting next to these individuals as players playing characters, mm-hmm. the characters all have their own moral and ethical dilemmas that are different and have different bases yeah. to kind of grow from and expand from and understand from. And this becomes a real big jumble if you let it, yep. right? If you go all the way, never go all the way. But if you go, <laughs> never go all full, the way. Never go full ethics. Yeah, never go full. Um, go full moral, though. Um, but there, there is this complication that can happen where we can get really bogged down. Mm. Yep. In in all the different aspects and all the different teachings and all the different understandings. And, you know, is your character actually proficient in religion or an understanding of these things? Right. And is that yeah. a textbook or is that a faith based understanding? And mm-hmm. How does it go? Right. Do they know what's right and wrong or do they understand the laws that tell them what's right and wrong, but they know that the God would be OK with it? So are these, <laughs> right. are these the rules of man or are these the rules of the gods? And mm-hmm. like and all of these questions that can happen. And and so. We talked about this a long time ago, but did we know when we, when we spoke about alignment? Oh, that was a long time ago. Yeah. This, this really, this conversation is kind of a reintroduction and a reinforcement of what we talked about before Okay, where there's so much complexity and nuance that's probably outside most of our understanding. Right? Mm. I don't care if you build worlds for a living or if you just play in them for fun once a month. Um, the understanding of what an everyday occurrence or an everyday life of an NPC in this world is, is a, a world apart. Yep. Right. It's, it's, yep. it's a life apart. It's, it's something that you can never, I can't know your experience. How can I experience somebody who I don't know how their life works? Right. I right. have these giant gaping holes in who they are and what they do and all the things that they mm-hmm. have to go through. So I can't know them, but what I can do is boil it down. Like we talked about before in the alignment kind of conversation into core values, yep. right? Yep. Picking a few very strong indicators of how this works yep. and is way easier to do than to deal with all of the nuance. Yes. Right. Yeah. It's very, it's very easy to go. Okay. Primarily this government or this, this kingdom worships Bahamut or Bahamut, however you want to enunciate it. Um, Bahamut. Great. He is law and justice and righteousness. Mm -hmm. Cool. So we know that this place is going to be pretty much on the up and up. Yeah. Right. Awesome. Now I just need to know that those Tiny things. I don't know his actual personal likes or dislikes of his sister, right? Like, I don't need to know that necessarily to know that Bahamut good, Bahamut just, Bahamut lawful, right? right? Right. Okay, great. I can work with that, right? And and create my understanding of that based on Mm -hmm. those kind of core principles very quickly and easily. And I can also see that in the people around me, in the characters around me as well, if they adopt core principles and core values. Right. Wherever they're going to find them, probably, like you said, primarily from mm-hmm. how the, the systems or the kingdoms that they come from or their backstories, yeah. whatever it is, primarily through that cultural norm, a.k.a. whatever the God said it, it's going to be. <laughs> right. Right. But it's, it's easier to deal with a smaller amount of variables than it is to deal with the infinite yes. amount of variables that we don't know because it either hasn't been written or we don't have time to do all the research or mm-hmm. you're 
become like an L. Ron Hubbard and you start writing your own religions uh, to understand other religions that other people have made. Right. right. It's exhausting. Yeah. It's exhausting. Yeah. So break it down into a system that is manageable. Break it down into smaller things so that you can look at morality and ethical questions and ethical standards Mm -hmm. in a way that is kind of a bite-sized chunk of how big a topic this is. Yeah. Because otherwise it's super, super easy to get overwhelmed and understand that from both a player and a DMing perspective, that what you choose to create as examples or what you choose to exemplify as you go through Mm -hmm. is a window for everybody to interact and see into what's going on in the campaign. What is in the campaign itself? Because we've said before the campaign is a character. Yes. Right. The world is a character and whatnot. So it's, easy to see okay the streets are relatively clean in this town there are guards walking around Mm. there's not a lot of whatever you want to call it like beggars and homeless and whatnot okay this is probably a in quotes good right society village whatever where they take care of people and you know maybe there's everybody has a job and everybody has a bed to sleep in and they take care of people okay awesome versus the opposite where it's dirty and gross like (laughs) riffraff riffraff street rats street rats i don't buy that (laughs) um there's there's a a huge visual component to that show don't tell yes where you can get a great understanding of what you're walking into by the description of the world around you yeah right and you can understand at a base level which is kind of where you need to be at to Mm -hmm. operate on this stuff of, of what is going on around you and whether that is a good thing that you can participate in, whether that's a bad thing you can participate in, or any of that giant spectrum that's between them, mm-hmm. right? And, and I'm going to go to the quote-unquote good part of town. I'm going to go to the quote-unquote <laughs> bad part of town, right. right? And I expect to find certain things there, mm-hmm. but then I'm also controlling and adjusting the scope of what I'm seeing, regardless of what gods are above and whatnot. I can deal with something more tangible in the campaign and tangible with my character can interact with. Yes. Or I, as a DM can respond to these, these things that the characters seem Mm -hmm. interested in or the players seem interested in, in a tangible way that can cause some actual effect. Yeah. Right. It's interesting how you're like, Oh, I'm going to go to the good part of town. And you know what that looks like? I'm going to go to the bad part of town. But that's, you automatically have a picture in your head, but that's where that real life in game it a me it's a blend blows up a little bit because because when you, the person who's saying i'm gonna go to the good part of town that's the player mm-hmm. right because mm-hmm. maybe he's a he's a rogue and he's like no, no no the good part of town that's where the rich exploiters live yes they are the bad ones yes the, the good part of town it's it's the salt of the earth people are working hard for their money right. people and, earn right, their coin right yeah so it's so it's interesting that that sort of conflict Yes. That you have in when, when we have a player who exists in real life, plays in uh, a TTRPG that exists in fake life, mm-hmm. right? Fantasy life. Fantasy life. <laughs> fake life. It's, it's like Flash. a large Hadron Collider of worlds. Smash. Like a world collider, right? Right. And it's interesting. Um, like we're talking about, like it's, it's that real versus campaign level, player mm-hmm. versus PC level, mm-hmm. right? And lots of interesting things, just like the Large Hadron Collider in real life, 
you smash these particles together and you see what comes out. The sea, you, you do the same thing. Unless you're like one of those Mandela people who believe that the world is actually done. Some of us have traveled. Maybe, who knows? Between universes. Bernstein bears. It's an interesting idea. <laughs> uh, um, did you say Bernstein bears? Yeah. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Um, in, in some ways, D&D or TTRPGs is like a large Hadron Collider where you can smash these uh, morals from real life uh, and the morals in the in-game life, ethics of real life and ethics of in-game life and see sort of what comes out. Uh, in that way, you sort of explore the nature of your own morality mm. and the nature of your own ethics too. Mm. Right? And it's a really cool way of doing that because if you think about it, um, the morality and and ethics in like we're talking about in in a typical say Feyran setting is way different, right? Like killing, just slaughtering p- things, certain things, it's fine. Certain things, right? Like a okay, like um, I don't know. Uh, four bandits from the bandit camp came. Uh, I don't know, killed a family and stole their stuff. So the adventurers go are hard by the time to get rid of them, and they go and they slaughter 50 of them. All 50 of the bandits in their camp. I didn't say how big the room was. <laughs> right? Like, cool. Like, Here's 50 gold. Thanks. One gold for each murder I committed. That's half a fighter. Right? In real life, that doesn't happen. Like, the police go, I'm going to catch those four guys who did the killing. Right. Right? Right. <laughs> like, the rest of the gang, we don't know yet. Mm-hmm. Like, it's wrong to do that. In real life. Well, mm. depending on your attitudes, but in general, the ethics say no. Once again, depending on the countries. Yep. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> right? Uh, oh, one of you guys still killed the entire family. Yeah. <laughs> or like, or like, same thing. Like, I, I went and I uh, killed 50 of those bandits and I looted all the dead bodies. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, that is the bread and butter of adventurers. Loot them while they're that's, hot. That's how I earn my income. Yeah. Right? Like, that's my job as an adventurer. Uh, that's, uh, no, don't do that. Like, don't go. Well, they technically become objects when they're dead. Look, so here's a war zone. I don't steal from people. I'm just going to come behind the, the front lines and just start looting all the dead people from both sides. Like, that's. They did that. Horrible. I, I know, but it's bad in real life. It is now. Right. It used to be a cultural right. norm. In D&D, it's just economical. Right. Right. Um, same thing with like lying and, and, and deceiving, like just to get like a 10% discount or whatever. Right. Intimidating. <laughs> right. Or like guards asking you a legitimate question. And just because you don't want to deal with the trouble, you're just lying, intimidate, deceive. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's like a cop is trying to help you and you just, I don't want to bother with you. I'm just going to say, I'm just going to lie to you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, so it's, but it's perfectly okay as players, yeah. as players, we do this all the time and we think nothing of it. Right. Right. But as characters, maybe they should. Well, and, and see, this is, I mean, there is an argument I think that is fair to present that when we look at our own history, mm-hmm. when we were quote-unquote less civilized right when the world was rougher right and and things were live by the sword die by the sword right like 
life is rough. Bandits do come to town. Yes. Highwaymen do ambush you on the road. Right. Oh, Vikings will raid your coastal <sighs> villages. They pull up in their sweet, sweet longboats and they take your women's mm-hmm. and your gold and mm-hmm. off they go. Right. Like these were facts of life and it required people to respond to them in, in brutal ways because what life was giving them was brutal lemons. Right. That's uh, a good heavy metal band. <laughs> brutal lemons. <laughs> brutal lemons. Uh, so, you know, it, it, it playing the guitar, like, was it fair? Yes. I think right. it was, but was it ethical? It was ethical because that was the cultural norm. That was yes. a standardized thing is that when people come to your house with swords and torches that you draw your own sword or you give them your stuff. Right. Right. Like that, that's the option. And so we hearken back to a very glamorized version of that mm-hmm. when we play. But we're we're ignoring once again that kind of the the filth and the uh, the right. understanding because what it was these actually are actually like the quote unquote heroes doing this as we talked about in in the note yeah right and heroines Her- yeah like just doing horrible things but they're heroes mm-hmm. right um, and it's because D and D isn't real life it's not in real modern life at least um, and that's for now <laughs> fireball. Um, it's a good thing. Well, I was just going to say the tech. Yeah. Shout out to us. Flamethrower. Uh, <laughs> the tech. The tech. Um, but it's a good thing that it's not real life. Uh, because it does let us explore real life moral mm. and ethical questions mm-hmm. that we can't do by doing these things in real life. Mm-hmm. That would not be good. No. But like, why are like people do that for like YouTube content? Like, oh, bro, it's just a practical joke. Really? Because you're, oh, okay. you're being a jerk. Yes. Yeah, no, you're right. actually being a dick. Right. So it, maybe it's not the best. So real life is not really the best to have sort of moral experiments. Or it's more, much more difficult mm-hmm. right, to have uh, ethical experiments without being unethical. Right. right? Whereas you can do that yes. in, 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 yeah. a, in, a, in a fake world. Yeah. Right. In a make-believe land. Uh, um. Like examples of questions are sort of uh, what is b- bad about slavery? Lots. If not all of it. What specifically is bad, right? Is indentured servitude the same as slavery? Is it better than slavery? Why is it better than slavery if it is? Right. Yeah, that's still a question. Yes. Right. Important that it's a question. Yes. Um, or like, do the ends justify the means? Right. If you look at our typical D&D heroes, yes. That's why... They're so horrible. Yeah. Right? As, as people, these heroes are generally. Mm-hmm. Right? But shout out to the second dead paladins. You hey, the goats. You guys are the goats. Uh, it's, it, it, I mean, it harkens even to just like, oh, we're not going to milestone level. We're going to XP level. <laughs> the more you kill, the more powerful you become. Right. As, as Brendan Lee Mulligan <laughs> said, like at, at mage school, what do they do? They just go and they kill goblins. They just, yeah. That's all. Yeah, kindergarten. We're just going to go firebolts and little green people. I thought I'm supposed to learn, like, sort of the magic, uh, uh, like, oh, I don't know, uh, like, like formulas and ruins. No. We're killing goblins. Yeah. And right. everything that we see on the way there. Yeah, trees. Right. Foxes. The magic squirrels, will come. Magic will come. It'll just come, kill things. Yeah. <laughs> you just level up faster. Like, and maybe, maybe that's a consequence of the game aspects right. of D&D. Right. Sort of. Uh, 
having to have a system there. Yeah. But it's like, oh, it has huge implications. Right. Morally speaking. Right. Like if the characters or the characters in D&D land, like in Feyren, knew about XP and stuff like that and levels, mm-hmm. it'd, it'd be different. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like be such a different culture all over the, mm-hmm. that world. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, again. No, two, two people would just spend gold back and forth between their two shops. As, as thieves. As thieves again, two <laughs> XP per gold spent. <laughs> They'd be, yeah. they'd be max level overnight. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you would just buy and sell debt. Oh, that too. <laughs> that too. That's a good one. Like how money actually works. Yeah. In life. Um, so yeah, you can explore these ideas. That you, it's hard in real life. Because in real life, how am I going to be like, do the ends just have other means? Let's do an experiment. Yeah, uh, we don't have that luxury. Right. It's, that's why these things are thought experiments. Correct. Right? Whereas in D&D, they're the sort of closest thing that you can kind of get to, uh, to actually having a, uh, sort of a living, breathing thought experiment and seeing the consequences of, of these sort of moral decisions right. and the effects and how you feel about them yourselves. Yes. Um, so, but I guess, how do you, um, if you're going to go around exploring morals and ethics in D&D, mm-hmm. I think... Because they're always there. Yes. Um, but it's not, it's not 100% safe either. There are ways of doing it successfully mm-hmm. and the ways of doing it unsuccessfully. Unsuccessfully is like either you don't answer the questions, you're not good at exploring, or you hurt people in real life yes. because of it, yes. of what you're trying to do. Yeah. Um, so, so some things to keep in mind um, when, we're, when we're doing these moral explorations um, is, I guess, the first thing you need to do is sort of try to understand the moral and ethical sort of landscape of your setting. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. If you're playing Faerun or something like that, it's sort of we, in general, are familiar with it. But if you're playing a custom campaign, you got to work with the DM then, right? If you really want to know. Well, I mean, both right? both are uphill battles, yep. right? If it's if it's a, a homebrew one, then your DM is responsible for creating most, if not all, of the mm-hmm. information that you have, and that's a huge burden. Yep. Uh, or labor of love, whatever you want to call yeah. it, right? It's, it's, it's a huge it's amount a of work. Huge amount of work to be done in order to create the nuance of that. Conversely, you go to Faerun, and there is just book after book yes. after book. You, you have, have to consume, and consume. And yes. there, once again, it's our cultures, written, but yeah. there's so much to read mm-hmm. for every country. There's histories to understand, mm-hmm. and then the interaction between them and all the ages that they've gone through. Like either way you go about it. It's a ton of work. Yes. Right. And so that's kind of awesome. But also. Yeah, well, it, if you want to explore these things. If, if you do. Yes. Yeah. If that's, if that's like a, a goal of yours. Right. right. Then you have to put in the work, I guess. Yep. Yeah. And when's a great time to talk about that? Yeah. Session zero. Of course. Of course. Of course. Uh, session zero is a great place to talk about a lot of things. Right. Talk about sort of the themes that you might want to explore mm-hmm. um, during the campaign, like the ethical themes, the moral themes. Because there will be things that some people are uncomfortable with. Yeah. Right. So if you do want to say, I don't know, want to explore sort of uh, the, 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 the moral implications of sort of abandoning children or betraying people, right? Some people can be very sensitive to those things. Absolutely. Right? So session zero, make sure you talk about sort of the themes that you want to explore mm-hmm. and make sure it's okay. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, also, if you talk about the themes you want to explore, uh, you can also talk about like which countries you're going to go to. 
right. maybe in general. It's these countries. So know about the ethics and morals of, of these societies. Understanding the scope of the campaign, yes. right? Is it and in like, a town? Is it in like, the like, We're not going to go to the desert country? cities. It's just these forest elven right. and, and some of the dwarves. And these are the basic laws. And these are the, yeah. these are the things that you will all know going into this campaign. Mm. Right. Session yes. zero. Session zero. Right. We love session zero here. We do. <laughs> session <laughs> zero. Zero. Um, and then when you, once you do that, uh, you need to try to separate your player knowledge and your PC knowledge, right? I, you should do that anyways. Um, but And then act based on your character's values and your beliefs. If they happen to be the same as you, that's fine. Right? But understand sort of your... Uh, Especially if you're going for something like you're playing villains, mm. right? Oh, Separate yeah. yourself from your character because hopefully you're not a villain in real life. But in order to, to really explore that uh, level of sort of morality and ethics, yeah. you separate yourself from it and separate the other people from their players too. Have that clear separation mm-hmm. so that you uh, don't let those kinds of things sort of bleed into each other too much because that could be dangerous right they're like oh you betrayed me yeah but i'm exploring betrayal betrayal right and, and we agreed we talked about it yeah which actually this is a good example right like oh i thought being betrayed would be a fun thing to explore mm-hmm. but now that you've stabbed me in the back the knife kind of hurts right I, I didn't think that you were gonna do it like that and i don't know if i'm actually okay with this anymore right oh Snap, my bad. I thought this was okay. Yeah. But now since we're talking about it right after it happened, mm-hmm. let's change it so we're both happy. Yeah. Right? So that we can move forward. I'll erase some of the stuff that I was going to do to you because that was only phase one. Right? And you're just like, right. oh, yeah, thanks for that. Or, I mean, maybe it happened. Don't, don't need to retcon it, maybe. It's, maybe it's the perfect time to sort of, uh, sort of RP character development. Correct. Right? So, oh, cool. That kind of sucks. Let's RP the change. Mm-hmm. And explore what that looks like. Yes. Right? The, the, the change in morality, the change in mm-hmm. sort of ethics. And of we as players agree that there needs yes. to be a change now because one of us is not going to be having fun mm-hmm. if we continue. And so we force them. And so that's kind of an example of meta knowledge being useful. Yes. Right. And so separate the stuff that your character is not supposed to know. Sure. But actively engage that meta understanding of the game mm-hmm. to separate it and play from one pen, not both pens. Right. Right. And understand that. So yeah, no, get engaged with that. Yeah. Um, another thing you can do, uh, that's great. If you want to explore, like explore through your character's actions, but what really helps um, I found was, uh, engaging in, in character discussions, talk about morality, mm-hmm. right. A moral ideas between your character from your character to another character. Mm-hmm. Right. Cause that, Things come out in those conversations. Um, for our sort of long-term viewers, uh, we have made mention of this character Goblin that I played. Um, the he was built entirely to explore the moral beliefs and the ethics of all the other characters. Correct. Like that was one of the main purposes of me building that character, right? Mm-hmm. And he did that mostly through discussion. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, like why did you do that? Like. Goblin comes shows up and he's eating a finger off of a dead guy that they found. And people were like, that's wrong. You can't do that. And he's like, why? Why is it wrong to eat the finger of this dead dude? Right? You eat the meat of these dead cows. What's the difference? Mm-hmm. We're like, oh, this guy talked. And Goblin 
can talk to animals. So he's like, there's no difference. They can talk Your to Your goblin did. Normally they can't. Right. My goblin Yes. Did. Yeah. We yes. did a little homebrew. Well, he also had magic and whatever, right? Correct. But Correct. they have language now. Like it, So in that way, yes. it ended up, my crowning achievement was to make the paladin admit that it's uh, okay to not do the right thing if it's hard. Yeah. You know who you are. Alexander, <laughs> right, my but, man. But it was a great sort of way of engaging in sort of moral, uh, the exploration of the idea of morality between characters, and sort of question why things are the way they are, mm-hmm. right? And the ethics. Um, and the last thing I want to say, it's uh, in your exploration of right. these things, right? What? No, it's just funny. We're talking about morals and ethics, and that was just like. It was like a verbal corruption of the oh. and confusion of the entire party where they're like, we thought we knew which way north was, but apparently we've been reading the compass wrong. It's always at a right angle to where we need to go. Like, I don't I don't understand. And it, it was it was it was an interesting interaction. You're right. Yeah. In, in the sense of you wanted to kind of hold up the mirror to let people see themselves in an unbiased way. Mm-hmm. Like you you. That's why he was a goblin. You pulled he, down. He didn't have yeah. the, the, the normal yeah. ethics. That but it was pulling down has. those kind of arbitrary walls of just like, this is right because this is what I know. Mm-hmm. And actually asking like, do you know what you know? Or are you just doing it because everybody else does it? Yes. Right. And it was, it was interesting because now we're talking about it. It was really the disarming of the ethical barriers of normality and actually exposing the individual morals yeah. of the characters. Mm-hmm. Right, as the players scramble to keep yeah, up, yeah, right? yeah. and understand understand themselves and have that dialogue. Mm-hmm. Like there was a there was a multi tiered cake of confusion happening <laughs> yeah. at the table. Right, yeah, and you were just frosting me. the shit out of it. Yeah, right. But it was it was an interesting aspect and a great character to play. That took a lot of effort. It really, it really did. Right? It really did. Um, it's super but, fun though. Um, but that's that's once again kind of harkening back. That's why morals and ethics are different, and why mm-hmm. they're both very important yes. to understand. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Good no. Job. No. It's good. Um, the last point I want to make is that it's okay if you don't know the answer to it, this exploration. What? Because it's an exploration. It's not necessary to find an answer because a lot of these things don't have. Cut and dry answers. Yeah, sometimes right? the conversation is the answer. Right, and that's the right. goal. Is, is, the, is a greater understanding. Yeah, of yourself and your own morals and your own yeah. ethics and why it is. Right? Yeah. Um, but again, I think if you do those kind of things, you have a, a good chance of really sort of finding out something about yourself that you never knew. Yeah. Yeah. That's the beauty of it. I think so. I think so. I think that's, it's, I mean, I would definitely ask myself, if I hadn't hit the like button now, right? Like, is that okay? Am I okay with not hitting that right now? Mm-hmm. Ethically? Maybe I'm going to think about it for a second. Hmm. Hmm. Like, <laughs> if they hit the like button because we coerce them to hit the like button, is it ethically source liked? You just got intimidated, bro. Or persuaded? Persuaded. Mm. Yeah, we can't intimidate you. You got a protective screen. It's true. We can't reach you from here. Yet AR is coming. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't wait till we're in VR. That's yeah, dangerous. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, please, uh, if you do feel like it, like. And subscribe. Hit that bell. Follow button. Yeah. We would like it. Like it a lot. Oh, I love it. Yeah. I don't like it. I love it. So now that you've done that, and I we appreciate that. that. 
Mm-hmm. Or you didn't, and that's okay. We still got to earn your likes. Um, I think this, like you've kind of just talked about, and you, you did bring up um, the rather potent and charged conversation of slavery, um, oh, which is yes. going all the way to the end of the road, um, talking about kind of dark themes and whatnot. But it is something that some games have. Mm-hmm. And what playing playing emphasis playing yeah don't enslave people in real life no please not worth the fries also Uh, heal doggos (laughs) yeah that's a good one um when we're dealing with these things we can really change how we look at massive problems Mm -hmm. and we can make them simplified because these do seem like really massive things. That they, we they, this, the things that we encounter that are morally or ethically challenging mm-hmm. are generally very large, generally very gross or kind of, they've got a lot of inertia to okay. the ideas. Okay. Whatever that is, it, it's very much, um, if, it, if it was okay and if it was normal, then it wouldn't be charged. It wouldn't have its kind of separate mm-hmm. weight to it and its own momentum. Um, but when we talk about, you know, like you said, slavery, when we talk about murder, when we talk right. about theft, when we talk about lying for some people, mm-hmm. these are huge barriers that they face in life. But in a game, you don't have all the consequences. You mm-hmm. you didn't actually lie, or did you? It's, you, it's tricky. You kind of did, but you you didn't. But you did because you're playing a character, right? Like, is, right. It, is an actor lying when they're performing? Right? I don't. Well, they they are, but it's 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 hearkening back to the idea of the, the Hippocratic like, oath, right? It's like saying an untruth for purposes of deceiving. Yes, for the purposes of entertainment. But it's different. That's even though they are deceiving us to entertain us as actors. Correct. So I don't know if they're lying or not, but they are. Right. Fundamentally, they right. are. But we appreciate it, and we yes. like it, and then we pay them scads of money when they do it really well. And they Professional have awesome liars. CGI. Um, but <laughs> CGI artists, ultimate liars. When we're talking, <laughs> they are. They are. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> um, when we're talking about these things, and, and it's not necessarily that these things become simplified, but we take away a lot of that inertia and that kind of real-life cultural mm. weight. Mm-hmm to the discussion so we can explore less biased and less charged versions right. of some of these things in a safe space to do so. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so it kind of breaks down when we're talking about moral and ethical issues, there's progressive scopes that I think that we're dealing with here. Mm-hmm. So for instance, When we deal with a simple problem, like a theoretical question, somebody just asks you if your family's starving and you see a piece of bread that's unattended, do you take it? Like a thought experiment. Yeah. Right. You're, You're asking that question essentially in a vacuum. There's very little information, but it's Mm -hmm. enough information to base a decision upon. And that's it. We don't have any of the lead up. We don't have any of the follow through. It's Mm -hmm. just in this moment. Is this an acceptable thing? Yay or nay? Right. And And there's typically no right answer either. Correct. Or or all answers are wrong in some way. And you have to justify which wrong is right. 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 And, And so the. It is a horrible thing, but it's only that thought. Right. Mm -hmm. It's one thought. That's okay. We can handle one thought. Right. 
right? But that's what I would consider can a we? theory. Yeah, we can. Absolutely. Yeah. I believe in you. You can handle one <laughs> bad thing. Um, but when we jump from theory, we then go up to what I would consider a closed system. Okay. So a closed system could be something like your TTRPG game. Okay. Right? Where there is a finite amount of information within the system. And in there, you can kind of do whatever you want, sandboxy style. Mm-hmm. And, it, and the, the consequences limited to that, that system. So a video mm-hmm. game is probably a better example of this. You can, as Link running around Hyrule, go into somebody's house, smash all their pots, take all <laughs> their rupees, and they're still happy to see you. Right. Right. That's a closed system where you are stealing literally the rug out from under people yes. a lot of times. Rummaging through their like cupboards and like yeah, bookshelves. And, and then you go and you cut their lawn, which would technically be nice, but you cut it really short. It was nice and right. Like, Abusing their chickens. Yeah, chicken chase. Oh, that's fable. Anyway, um y- yes, yes, but at least the chickens fight back. Yes. Right. They do. Um, but these kinds of ideas, that's a closed system, mm-hmm. right? Where we get to explore that. But morally we're safe and we just have to kind of go on our own guiding principles and we can do whatever we want. We can kill whoever we want generally we can steal whatever we want we can sell whatever we want gta is another example Uh, of life just like consequence free i'm going to live my life how i want to live my life yeah in this moment yeah tomorrow i want to drive by the traffic laws and i want to go play one of their rp servers I don't want to, you know, like do that stuff and get pulled over by people GTA playing cards. RP servers. Right? Okay, cool. That sounds fun. Yeah. Right? But also, tomorrow, I might just want to drive around and spend money at some of their CD places and then beat those people up that I spent the money with. <laughs> I get my money back. And I like how you navigated that. It was good, hey? Yeah, yeah. The waters are choppy, but we stayed okay. Um, so these, these kinds Is of Is your podcast explicit? No. No. <laughs> F. So um, these are <laughs> closed systems. A. We're going to move up. So I kind of minced words there. We're going to move up into what I would consider a safe system. Okay. So we've got the theory, that we've got a closed system, and now we've got a safe system. So mm-hmm. a safe system is something like D&D, is something like a TTRPG, where I'm going to do things and they're going to affect the people around me, mm-hmm. right? The other players. Um, sometimes they're going to be good things. Sometimes they're going to be neutral. Sometimes they're going to be bad things, mm-hmm. right? And hopefully we have the discussion to mitigate the bad things and right. we understand that the bad things are just bad character things and not bad player things, right? right? But generally, this is a safe system mm-hmm. to explore these things, right? right? Where there can be some consequences, but they're not dire consequences more often than not yes yeah. right more often than yeah, not yeah they die to outliers right yeah right and that's where they should be if not at all mm-hmm. right but that's where we consider kind of a safe space because we all have a mutual understanding we all are there to be entertained by the professional liar on stage right right we, we we're all professional to, liars in this case we're all professional li- oh yeah Liar, liars lying to each other well semi-pro or amateur i think we're all amateur unless you're getting paid get that mm. cheddar um, but and paid in snacks. This is this is also important because, because chips. Now we can affect the real world. Yes, right. And so the scope of our effect is bigger. There are actual consequences that we might have to deal with. Mm. But generally, they're okay. Generally, it's a high five after the session. Like mm. that was awesome. I love yep. when you did this. I love you. <laughs> That's a consequence. Make yep. no mistake. It's a good consequence, mm-hmm. but it is still a consequence of your actions therein. 
And then we expand a little bit bigger into an unsafe system. And that's the real world. Yeah. Right? Run the red light. See what happens. <laughs> this is not a recommendation. Right. You know what could happen. Right? right? Don't run the red light. Because the consequences aren't worth the exploration of the idea. Yep. Right. And there are some people, and sometimes I'm one of them, and sometimes I'm not, hypothetically, if there's any law enforcement listening, where it's <laughs> 2 a.m. and there's no cars on the road and right. it's a red light in front of me and there's no red light camera. Hypothetically. And I'm hypothetically out in the middle of nowhere and I can see safely that there is no oncoming traffic and whatnot. Sometimes I will go. Sometimes I will honk my horn and then go. Sometimes <laughs> I will wait. And there is a fluctuation there. I'm not mm. necessarily consistent, hypothetically, with <laughs> what I'm doing in that particular scenario. But ultimately, there is a question of what's going on, mm -hmm. right? And there's a whole bunch of circumstances. But when you go, no, no, it's rush hour in downtown right. LA, and I'm just going to take my pickup truck, and I'm going to go 60. I don't care who's in my way. You're not going 60 for long. Well, one way or the other, you're not going 60 for long. Yeah. Right? And so there's these actual real-world consequences that come right up in your grill real fast. Right. Yeah. Um, for a mixed metaphor for you. Mm -hmm. But <laughs> these, these sorts of things are not safe to explore the darker sides mm -hmm. of nature because nature bites back. Yep. Right. And yep. it's not okay to do a lot of these things. There is some places to go into those gray areas, right? And go find consent and go find whatever you want to do. Sure. Great. Everyone's in agreement, but it's not a safe system. There are risks, yes. real risks. And so when we unwind and go backwards a little bit, it would question whenever we're dealing with a closed system. Okay. Are we just being lazy? Are we just going, you know what? It's okay because the game doesn't say it's wrong oh, to mm. smash all the pots in somebody's house and pick up their chickens and kick them off of mm -hmm. cliffs and stuff. Is that okay? Does that mean that there's a mm. part of me that thinks that this is okay thing to do in real life? I don't know. I don't know. The thought obviously exists within you. We're not all pure vessels. Right of thought, yeah. But but what you would do in that circumstance versus what you would do in other circumstances are very different, right? Because you have those controls that we talked about—the religious, mm -hmm. the kind of learned, the right, you know, education, all of that kind of stuff compacts in to let you know that when you're at home, you can dip the chip in the dip as many times yeah. as you want because it's only you eating it. Or maybe you don't want your brother or sister to eat any. So you, you want Lick all the, all the chips. <laughs> right? And you're, you're, you're going for gold, baby. Good for you. But when you go out to a party where there's a bunch of people you don't know, that attitude and behavior is not okay. And you know it's not okay. Even in a jest. Yeah. Right? Hey, going back to the closed system, I don't think it's lazy. What about in a safe system? It depends on what you are there for. Right. 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 Because you can play the safe, uh, the safe system like a closed system, mm -hmm. um, but then it becomes a closed system, I suppose. Um, but like, it, it just depends well, it on what you. It won't because you've got other people that you can affect. I guess, I guess so. Right. I guess so. Um, yeah, it depends on what you're there for. Mm -hmm. I think if 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 you're just there for like a, like a dungeon crawl and you just want to go roll dice and do big damage and. I love me big damage. Love me rolling dice. Right, and that's it. Is it lazy not to consider? The, the, the repercussions of, or the moral implications of slaughtering an entire underdark of dark elves. Like, yeah. 
right? But if you wanted to go there and explore these things, mm-hmm. and then you do that anyways without thinking about it, then maybe it is lazy. Right. And so, so it's not necessarily offensive is kind of what I yeah. wanted to get yeah. to, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It yeah. is, it is if you want to add that to your scope as a collective group, as mm-hmm. an ethical agreement yep. at the table, yeah. <laughs> right? If you guys want to go into that, go into that. That is right? the correct term. If you, if you want it not to be part of your ethical agreement of what the game is about, it doesn't have to be. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so once again, though, very different from other aspects that we talked about, like, you know, go deep into your RP, mm-hmm. go creative, do this, imagine this, recreate this, reflavor that. Ethical agreements and moral dilemmas is something that you can't necessarily play beyond the boundaries mm-hmm. that are established mm-hmm. because people have established boundaries on these things. Yes. Right. And so just be careful when it is that you're going about these things. And so you might be saying, shut up about all this theory. Shut up about all this theory, Byron. <sighs> Give me something to think about. And so I have a few practical examples. Oh. Of what we might talk about. Uh, DMs, listen. Players, listen. 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 Everyone, listen. Non TTRPG people, listen. Yeah, and welcome. Thanks for finding us. Yeah, like and subscribe. And being here for like an hour, you're just like, whoa. I don't know what they're talking about, but I it's love deep. submarines, <laughs> but morals and ethics are awesome. <laughs> I really like going deep. <laughs> I came for dinosaurs and trains. <laughs> But I got something way better. Oh, where'd you come from? Dinosaurs and chains sounds awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, um, speaking of trains, that's a good segue, actually. Um, There's one that we all are quite familiar with generally. I'm not going to say all everybody, but most people know is the trolley problem. Where there's a train or a cart or something traveling Mm -hmm. down the tracks. And you have the choice to either pull the lever and switch it from the track that's going to kill five people Mm -hmm. to the track where it's only going to kill one person. Right. Right. This is a great example of a whole bunch of different kind of theories and thoughts in in philosophical questions and arguments and whatnot of what each different kind of school of thought might do. But in in D&D, this one's a no-brainer, right? Right. We're like one person or a hundred people. Well, it depends on the person. It depends on the person, but very often it's like, oh, we have to go save the princess. We right. need to go Look rescue at Super Mario. the king. Look at Super Mario. How many Goombas got to suffer Mario? He killed all of them. How many Koopas? How <laughs> Koopas. many Koopas? So many Koopas. Um, this is not okay, Mario. How many castles did you break, Mario? Mario, just fix the, the princess ain't even in this castle. No. Toad kept telling you, but you didn't listen. <laughs> um, this, is, this is, yeah. This is a, just get Toad to save her. <laughs> he knows where she is. He gets to the end of the castle every time. Yeah. He doesn't kill no one doesn't kill no one um so this begs the question then right the villain he could have saved her but he didn't wow. toad wow the more you know damn you toad damn you that's why he's not frog. i will no longer pick what that's why he's not frog he's toad oh oh because toads toad, are bad toad stool he's a mushroom though do they come from frogs <laughs> mushrooms come from that's another topic for another day. But when we're talking about the trolley problem, a lot of times we do ignore the plight of many for mm-hmm. the oh, yeah. for the, the one. You and, are the and plight I of know, many. I know that that's not what the problem is asking. Yeah. But when given the choice of few versus the choice of many, we often choose the suffering of many <laughs> yeah. enthusiastically. 
right? And and we go hard on them fireballs and them sickening radiances and them meteor swarms, right? Because it's super effective to get to the end where we're actually trying to mm-hmm. get to. Um, and we could talk forever about war crimes, but these <laughs> these sorts of things just torture them. Happen? Why? Yeah, whatever. Um, it's a okay, but the trolley problem is an interesting one in TTRPGs because I think it's one that generally people will go opposite, like pure one eighty, what they might do normally in the real world. Mm, yep. Right. I yep. think that they would save the many for the sacrifice of one. Right. I think generally people would try and do that. I don't know though. And I, to each, I think it's because it's called a monstrous manual, not like other people manual. Right. It's your friends of varying sizes manual, right? <laughs> okay. Friends you haven't met yet manual. Oh, nice. Right. This one's got six they're, eyes. They're monsters, so it's okay. And monsters are an object of your wrath, right? Built only to be slaughtered. Interesting. I think monsters are an object of your ignorance. But anyway, well, well, we get into that. That's another, that's another episode. So anyway, (laughs) trolley problem is an interesting one where I think people would flip in real life for what they would do Mm -hmm. during the game. Yeah. Um, There's another one that I think a lot of people definitely have siblings you're familiar with, uh, but this one's called the veil of ignorance. And this one essentially is trusting another to treat you fairly or treat you in a way that you would want to be treated. Mm. So a great example of this is if a pair of siblings are offered a candy bar right? One of them gets to cut the candy bar into yes. two pieces and the other one gets to pick which part of the candy bar they want to take. Right. So if it's an unequal cut and they both desire more candy bar, then obviously the person who cut is going to suffer because they didn't treat it fairly yeah. and they gave the other person an advantage. But also the other person might not take advantage and give them because they know that you are... It's a big question, but ultimately it's a question of, do you trust the NPC to hold on to your artifacts while you go into the anti-magic zone because you don't want to risk them being destroyed, right? Like there are questions that we can do in D&D that Mm -hmm. resemble this of just, I need to trust that you're going to treat me in the way that I would treat you. And I just have to live in that trust. And we talked all about that trust, betrayal, mm-hmm. wheel, and whatnot. And if you aren't all the way out on that bench <laughs> yeah. by then, I don't know when you're ever going to be in those kind of scenarios. But being vulnerable and giving up that sort of control yep. is sometimes a moral question. Yeah. Right? Yep. And how do I treat you and how do I expect you to treat me? And did I treat you the way that you should treat me and mm-hmm. vice versa? All of these things and the question of what are their morals and understanding yeah. on how they are. When we boil it down to core values, you should be secure, but you never know, right? Never know. And you DMs, know. you dastardly Tricksy. fellows, dastardly. Um, another example um, is what I would call the Boromir dilemma. And it's not how to die in every movie that you're in. <laughs> right. We love you, Sean Pad. We love you. Um, no, it's, it's the idea of if there is uh, something of great. Ned Stark. Power, no, it's Boromir. <laughs> it is now. Um, huh? Poor Ned. Um, if there's an object of great power that we could Boromir. use as a weapon, as a tool for ourselves to create peace, to create uh, a better future. 
But instead, we choose to deny ourselves this because we're also denying the enemy the possibility mm-hmm. of using mm-hmm. this. Is that the better choice? Right. And for a D&D example, what happens if you've been contracted by a gnomish village who's had problems with kobolds? Okay. And now they're worried that the kobolds have pulled back and are where, like getting ready to amass for a big attack that will wipe out the town because they haven't seen any activity and they're very concerned. Right. Very concerned. (laughs) The party is hired. You go out. You find the warrens where the kobolds live. And you find that they have found an object of power that Mm -hmm. is very desirable. Right. But it has also changed them from aggressive to pacifist in nature. Mm. The kobolds will no longer bother the gnomes forever. What does the party do? Right. Right? There's no longer a threat to the people who hired them because the gnomes didn't hire you to kill all the kobolds. They hired you to find out what's going on. Right. Right? And so the party goes, well, we could kill all the kobolds and take the super awesome artifact because we could use that. Mm -hmm. And then the gnomes won't have to worry about the kobolds. But then that is unprovoked murder. Because they're pacifists now, remember. Right. Right? But we could take it. Or we could just go and take it because they're pacifists. And then we'll be gone by the time they become aggressive. But then we can just go and tell the gnomes that, oh, yeah, they were. But, you know, we dealt with some of their big forces. Right. Just expect the regular stuff to happen again. <laughs> right? Yeah. Right? You could, you There's could, a deception again. You know, There's a deception again. You could play it so many different ways. But it, yeah. it becomes a dilemma and a question as to the core of the group's morality. Because ethics is gone now. You are alone. Out in the wilderness yeah. without any kind of supervisor or observatory board watching. Yeah. Maybe, unless there's a divination at work. Mm-hmm. But what do you, what does the characters do? Yeah. Right? What decision do they make and how do they align within themselves? If you've got good characters, they're probably going to do something in the line of don't touch it. Leave it where it is. Yeah, it's super awesome. But the rogue would be like, yeah, but anybody could come and take it. Mm-hmm. We should probably take it because that's the best for everyone if we have that thing. Right. Right. Because anybody could come take it. If they How many out. other villages can we save if we take it? The gnomes might come and take it and then they'll be all crazy murder gnomes. Right. You never know. But this is, this is a great question that has no right answer, mm-hmm. but it has huge environmental impact. Right. And it has huge impacts on your morality. Ethics, what you do, what you do, right? right? And and even as the or DM not or not do, yeah, not doing is is interesting as well. But as the DM, this is one of those hand grenades that you can just kind of toss out mm-hmm. and then sit behind your screen and just listen and listen real hard to the conversation yeah. that ensues because the conversation can be as or more important than the action that they finally come to. Yep. Right. And because you never know, they go, okay, we're all going to walk away from this. And that's it. Okay, great. The cleric and the paladin have won the day. Mm -hmm. Good wins. The next downtime that you have, the rogue and the bard are like, F that. We're going back and we're getting that thing. (laughs) Right. We're getting that thing. Why? Because our ethical leaders are gone. Yep. And our moral kumpai, kumpai? Kumpai, no. Kumpai, no. Compass, compasses. Notice me, compai. What? Compasses, plural, compai. I think it's compasses. Compass, compassi, compasses. 
whatever. Um, I like Kampai though. Their individual moral, Gambe, <laughs> um, individually, they're okay with that. Yep. And they found somebody who will exist in their echo chamber and they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah let's go get it. Because <laughs> it's super worth it because yep. it's an awesome, powerful magical item. Right. And then they'll it's deal like the with the consequences. <laughs> <laughs> they'll deal with the consequences later when their ethical yep. overlords are back and they're like, where did you get that? And like, um, we found it. Because mm. obviously they're okay with, well, maybe they're not okay with lying. Maybe like, no, no, we went back because we couldn't just mm. leave it there. Cool. They're going to tell the truth. Good for you. Own up to your stuff. Um, and finally, I think as a great example for an evil campaign mm-hmm. or just a campaign, maybe with a little bit of spice to it, okay, a little bit of anarchy. Um, if you've got a government that your PCs are trying to overthrow, or let's call it some just organization that's yep. in control of the other, whether that's Kings, whether that's an organization itself, whether that's the thieves guild, whether that's the church, whatever it is, that's kind of in control of the area. You, your party, not you necessarily, but your party is trying to destabilize the region. And so they choose this new building from this oppressive tyranny of a government to go in and ruin their grand opening of this new building. They don't know what it is, but they know it's really important to the government. Yep. And it won't be protected because it's being celebrated. Right. Right. So they can't have all the guards and all the wards and all the protections if there's just going to be random people coming up to Mm. us. So this is the time to strike. And right before they get to it, they've planned to burn the thing down because PCs love burning things. Um, They they, they arrive at the destination and they find out that this is the grand opening of a new orphanage. This is going to be a place where children who are wayward and lost and whatnot can come and find a, a bed a warm bowl of soup, shelter, everything that they need in order to become living, you know, and continue <laughs> to survive in this world. Whatever it is, you fill in the world. I'm not going to do all the work for you. But what happens to the PCs when they go, no, no, this is, this is a brick in the institutional wall of the government. Mm-hmm. And we swore to kind of topple that. And... It's not. What, do we want? It's not full of kids, kids yet. Well, it's not full of kids now, but it will be. And if we burn it down, then like we're we we could be doing something really wrong. Even though mm-hmm. our goal is just, we want to destabilize this. We want to make right. them lose power so that the benign king, queen, whatever that's been pushed out, can come in or whatever right. other organization is the ends justifying the means, means. right? Right. So these are just examples that you can use or feel free to take them. Please, please take them, take them all (laughs) Um, that you can put in there to let the characters and the players ask themselves these questions and really dig deep into what it is that they've created. As long as once again, you guys have decided that this is the type of system, the safe system or whatever that you're looking at where you can do that. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really, that's really an important way to allow characters to grow by giving them interesting questions. Yep. Right. Questions yep. without answers. And that's not, I don't know how to solve the puzzle. I'm going to wait till one of you says something good. Not that kind of question <laughs> to allow yeah. them to grow in it. It's not, it's not a, a Rubik's cube that you put on the desk and go, you're all evil until you figure this out. It's not that. Um, but it is a way to let the players gain better understanding of themselves mm-hmm. and of their characters um, in a way that is, you know, free therapy, because that's what we love here. 
right playing TTRPGs. Free it's a good therapy. therapy. It's questionable, but <laughs> therapy it's, free. Yeah. it's free. You get what you pay for. Yeah. All right. That's cool. Um, let's let's sit on that idea of morals and ethics as a DM. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So, I like we you pre- presented there in those in those in those um in those quandaries, oh, those thought experiments. Um. So, but there's I think you need. If you're wanting to build sort of this exploration of morals and ethics into your campaign, there is some sort of background work you're gonna have to do to set it up to make to, to make it so that it makes sense. Okay, right. Um, so yeah, so you, you sit down session zero. Great. Yes, the players, my players, want to explore uh, ethics and morality. It's one of the things that they want to do in the campaign, um, but they it's hard to do that in a vacuum, like you said. Mm-hmm. Right. So great. Now you need to add a system of morals and ethics into the cultures of your world if you're not playing a pre-published sort of campaign world and you're doing your own. Right, okay. Right? Yeah. Because typically that's not the first place that we start at, right? Morals and ethics. Right, typically. Uh, But now, and if If you do, jump in the comments. It's an interesting build. Um, And if the players didn't want to explore ethics and morality, you can kind of leave that, right? Is that the Drake meme? Is that the Drake meme? Morals and ethics. (laughs) Loot next to yeah. <laughs> Right? Then you can sort of leave that out. Thank you, Drake. But if they do want to, then you, you're going to kind of have to start adding that stuff into your campaign world to be explored. Yes. Right? Um, um, so like I said, you don't have to, but if, if that's what they want to do, then you really got to think about uh, sort of what we talked about, right? Like, Because things will get complicated really fast. They can. Right? They if can. you let it. Yeah, if you let it. If you let it. Yeah. Uh, is it worth? Is it worth it for your table? I think so. To do that, if it's something they want to explore, it yes. Then yes. It's also not something that you have to have planned from day one. Yep. Right. You can get to know the characters a little bit, and mm-hmm. then figure out what makes them tick and which buttons to push. Yep. For sure. Yes. For sure. My um, yeah. But if it's something you want to explore, you're gonna you're gonna have to. Kind of. I think that's the reality of it. Well, you'll have an open mind towards it. Right? Yeah. But that's that everything is everything and nothing. You have, you have to do some work, I think. Correct. Right? Um, it's like you're going to probably have different areas that they're going to go to. Let's go, go into one area. It doesn't matter. You have an area. Yes. Right? You have to start thinking about sort of the cultural context. I'm thinking of, about it right now. Of that area. Like where they what do they believe in? What's their lifestyle? What are they forced to do to survive? Yes. Right? That'll inform morality and ethics. Yeah. Right? Like... For example, say water is scarce. There, you do not waste any water. Spitting is punishable by death. Yeah? Right? You do not waste any water. That's like Dune, right? Where they spit and they're like, I'm giving you the gift of moisture of my body. Just Stay show moist. You. Stay moist. I read the spider moistness. <laughs> Argonians uh, in Dune would be awesome. awesome. Somebody needs to do that <laughs> crossover. Right? <laughs> So the cultural context, right, of, of your morality there. Um, let's talk about uh, belief systems, like your gods, mm. right, and your religions that are there. Praise the hist. <laughs> yes. Um, your social structures. Do you have nobles? Do you have peasants? Do you have a wealthy merchant middle class? How do they mm-hmm. see each other, mm-hmm. right? How do their morales and their ethics sort of clash? within that area or with between those areas. Well, you right. You can establish the generalized Mm -hmm. layers of ethical treatment between the classes, 
But then you can always find the, no, this merchant is the a-hole. That yes. merchant is the benign, benevolent one, yeah. right? He treats people fairly. He pays a little extra. Right. Like, and, three. It's just my day to hit the microphone. Pow, 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 pow. Uh, right? And all these things will mesh <laughs> together, right? Like you have religious beliefs are one side. You have sort of, then you have the, the mix with the, the, what do they call them? The nobles, the merchants, and they all have different sort of beliefs and what's appropriate and what's not appropriate and all mesh together. Like, yes. Like this is not right, but because I'm a noble, it's fine if I do it to the peasants because they're just peasants. I'm a noble, mm-hmm. blah, 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 right? Or maybe since I'm a noble, I am not able to be prosecuted by certain laws. Right. That's the last point. Yeah. Talk about oh, your laws. Damn, right? yeah. Right. Laws apply for poor people only because it's a fine. Ta-da. Right. And so forth. Yes. Right. Uh, so those sort of things, add those in. Just that even at basic levels. Correct. Right. To your, to your different areas. Yep. If you have two areas, do it for each area. If yep. One area, do it for the different areas. But you have sub areas within the areas anyways, different groups of people. Again, that's cultural context. Mm-hmm. It's belief systems, social structures, and laws. Okay. There's other things, but those are the, the main ones. I think you just said a lot in one sentence, but yes, yes, I agree. DMs, rewind, rewind. Yeah, you guys yeah. have the benefit oh, no, of going back in time. This point is you need notes, so oh. feel free to watch as many times you, yeah, as you want. Um, <laughs> I got my fantasy pen ready, right? Um, and then what you want to do after you have set those for different all the different groups in different areas, you want to go and create engaging moral dilemmas, like you talked uh, about, ta-da. right? And conflicts within the country or area to encourage players to explore that. Yeah. So, like, um, you've got different groups within a certain area that mm-hmm. have conflicting moral mm-hmm. uh, sort of beliefs, mm-hmm. systems, and ethics, and neither one is completely right. Yes. So, as the players go and they interact with them, they get to decide who is right and why and, and so forth. Yeah. What? No, I was like, I was going to do that nice Fifty Shades thing. I was like, Fifty Shades of Roleplay. No, but Fifty Shades of Roleplay. No, it's still Fifty Shades. Yeah, I, yeah. I didn't get far enough away yeah. from that. Um, but let's, and for the purposes of and. Uh, creating engaging moral dilemmas, okay. let's talk about uh, how to play around with sort of ethical theories. Oh, okay. Look, I was talking about like different schools of thought. Yeah. yeah okay. Right. Okay. Um, there's a couple um, when you're talking about ethics. Um, the main ones I'm going to talk about. Let's talk about utilitarianism. All right. Right. Like um, Batman's belt. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Being the belt of ethics. The belt of ethics, yes. Um, basically, that's... Um, ethically holds up my pants. What's, what's ethical is whatever brings the greatest good for the greatest number of people. Oh, okay. Right? And if it you have Batman's belt. Right? And if you, so in that case, in the trolley experiment, you would totally run over that one person. Yes. Right? Unless those five ones tied down are not people. They're just goblins. Then you can smoke all the goblins because the princess is a person. It depends, right? But the okay. like, what if you consider people? Right. 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 So that's basically. You consider one person to be infinitely more valuable than goblins. Right. Right. It's like, do you, do you. Do you uh, do you save the savior of the world, the most righteous person in the world, or do you run over five criminals right. who are just murdering, right. Right, who are going to murder someone? Yeah. Right? Um, but utilitarianism, that's basically the ends justify the means. Mm-hmm. Uh, then you have some stuff like what they call Kantian 
ethics cunt k-a-n-t yes yeah uh not c-u-n-t yeah not that one not that one um and that's basically talking about how there's uh inherent morality within the action itself so killing someone is bad okay no matter the reason oh killing is always bad oh whereas uh sort of forgiving someone is always good okay no matter what it's inherent in the action not in the context itself so regardless of one or five people it was wrong yes yeah okay yes if you're saying no win yeah okay yeah i guess killing five times is worse than doing it once so you let the five people maybe (laughs) maybe again it's difficult for that one okay um it's wrong 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 it's all wrong i think there's a whole wrong okay So it's the inherent uh, sort of ethics yeah. or moralities of, of the action itself. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no like, yeah, I, I, I murdered the, the guy who came into my house because they were going to kill my kids. That's but, fine. Okay. But it's not in Kantian. No. Because your murder is bad. Yeah. Killing right? is bad. Yeah. Okay. It's the same as killing someone for fun. Yeah. Or for food. Correct. Oh, well, it's a person. It's an animal? But the, is a life a life? Depends. Depends on what you say. What the, the what the what the uh, inherent morality is in that action. You oh, said okay. Because okay. right? um, again, morals are personal. Correct. Right? Uh, then you have virtue ethics, uh, which is uh, virtue ethic. It, it it sounds like what it what it is. Yeah. Uh, it's the cultivation of sort of virtuous traits like honesty mm-hmm. uh, versus compassion versus courage. Or not ver- versus? Oh, not versus. But uh, honesty is something that's ethical. Things oh, okay. that are yes. uh, compassion. Are is ethical, ethical or moral? Um, ethical. Are ethical. And moral. 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 Yeah, moral. okay. Moral and therefore ethical. <laughs> cool. Because ethics are based on moral. Nope, that's moral. right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, courage. So, stuff like that, right? Yes. Uh, so virtues. Like whatever is uh, the virtues that we know as a virtues is is. Like What's the seven, base on the ethics? Seven divine virtues? I guess so. Is, it, is there seven divine virtues? I think it's so, because it's op- opposing sense. the seven yeah. deadly sins. Right. Yeah, okay. Um, and then after that, we have ethics of relativism. Oh, uh, okay. It's, it's that everything is uh, good compared to something that's more evil, or something where the same action is, is evil compared to something that's more good. It's uh, acknowledging sort of that. Brutal. Yeah, comparison, how things can be better or evil compared to something else. Right. Right. So nothing is ever actually good or evil. It's just just in comparison. Only when by itself you have itself to compare it to something yeah. else. By itself, it's nothing. Yeah. Oof. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and then the last one is ethics of care. And this last one is sort of a, a pushback against sort of this uh, sort of more cold analytical style that we just talked about Ooh, of, okay. of of ethics, and it it places more importance on sort of interpersonal connections between people, relationships and taking care of the needs of others oh. as being ethical. Okay. As opposed to, it doesn't matter if it's better or worse compared to something else. As long as I'm taking care of someone's needs. Okay. Right. Again, all these, none of them are perfect, but these are just different ideas no, of like, how people think about ethics. I and, like the ethics of care. Cause it's kind of a, it's kind of a mix of like virtue and Kantian. It's very human. It is, yeah. No. Yeah. The good side of humanity. What 
depends on the needs. Like I didn't take care of my son, but he needs a liver transplant. So I'm going to take it from this dude. Who Sorry, needs, dude. Who also needs it. <laughs> right? Like uh, just half, right? You can take half. It'll grow back. Right? He was going to die anyways. I'm just killing him sooner. From alcohol abuse, probably. Or whatever, right? That, Can't use that liver. That anyway. liver's got a lot of practice. <laughs> so strong. It's a well-practiced um, So yeah, those are just different sort of theories of ethics that you can sort of take and yeah. put into your different countries, your different associations, your different churches or whatever. Interesting. And okay. then play them off of each other. Yes. So again, take notes and just assign them, right? And what they believe. Right. And how they, they sort of, a paladin of, a paladin that follows one sort of ethical theory compared to a paladin on following another sort of eth- uh, ethical theory and see how they uh, react and how, uh, and how, how the, how the, because they blew my brain. Because they, because they both are moral in their own systems. Right. And then you see how you explore that through that. Whoa. Th- those. Like a comparison. Uh, and that, and that, and that collision. <laughs> like a, a Kantian conquest paladin. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. I do not care. Murder is wrong. Yep. I'm going to kill you for that. <laughs> right. Right. I'm exactly because what you did is evil and wrong. Mm-hmm. And so this is the punishment for that. Uh, versus like a utilitarian conquest paladin, mm-hmm. which is like, ah, what you did was wrong by the law, but it's for the greater good. Yeah. And so this time, yeah, by the skin of your teeth, get out of my sight. Yeah. Right. Don't ever let me catch you. So, so, so they're interesting guidelines Whoa. and some sort of interesting ways of sort of going about being good. Super cool. Or being ethical. Yeah. Right. So yeah. So, so hopefully some food for thought when you're a DM and you're trying to build sort of a ethical systems and moral, Redemption moral, moral systems. Yeah. Yeah. There's goodness within you. I can feel it. <laughs> Yeah. No, 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 I, I'm getting lost. Is this, low, this, yeah, yeah. yeah, no, I was like, oh my God, I have so many more paladins I have to play now. <laughs> we love, they're all paladins, Byron. Uh, they're all, they're all ethical paladins, Bront. I want it. They're all ethical dogs. <sighs> Ethically. Um, Morally. Oh, I got to recollect my face nodes. Um, that's, no, that's super cool. Specifically with paladins. Uh, I yep. think that there's a huge amount of impact, like direct impact. Mm-hmm. But who's to say that you couldn't do the same thing with a barbarian? Like, yeah. Base your rage on a set of ethics. <laughs> You're bad. Right? Like, <laughs> no, super cool. Super. Yep. More goodness. Uh, no, that's, that's really interesting. That's really interesting. Um, ah, I, Yeah. No, it's something I'm going to have to... We'll talk about it off camera. (laughs) The after show is going to be hot tonight. Um, When we get teleported back and I talk to my Sean, he's like, what? (laughs) (laughs) Um, C-U-N-T, what? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Poor Sean. What what kind of palin is that? (laughs) A virtuous one. No, an ethical one. An ethical one. They're all ethical. Um, That's amazing. Uh, Wow. So... I think <laughs> after that little bombshell, um, it's <laughs> yeah. Insert awesome graphics here, <laughs> editor. <laughs> oh, really? You're gonna do that? You're gonna do that? <laughs> um, I think I think that the uh, 
The only thing that we haven't really necessarily discussed, perhaps, mm-hmm. kind of touched around, we've talked about a lot of stuff here, um, is kind of the opposite side of the viewpoint here. Still with that mm-hmm. kind of understanding of morals and ethics and whatnot. But I, I think we've been looking at them top down. Okay. As, as from a spectrum of good being close and evil farther away, right? Farther from oh, okay. the Mormon deviant. Yeah. Um, where I would like to maybe put out there that there's, there's an importance of understanding Kitsugi. Okay. Now, if you're not familiar, Kitsugi is... Kintsugi. Kintsugi? Yeah. Okay. Thank you. You're welcome. Sorry. Yeah. I didn't want our Japanese speakers to get... Oh, Japan will like, rip me over. Come on, guys. It's not Kintsugi. It's Kintsugi. Kintsugi is, because uh, I have another Japanese word, so please correct me if I'm wrong, is uh, part of an example of the philosophy of wabi-sabi. Okay. Is that correct? Yep. Yeah? Okay, nice. Yep. One out of two ain't bad. Um, what this is, essentially, is looking at the world or your experiences or in the small version of Kintsugi as defining and understanding and appreciating something for its flaws. Mm. And mm-hmm. and that act of, if you're familiar with it, where they take and repair pottery with lacquers that mix in precious metals like gold or platinum or silver or whatnot yep. and highlight the beauty of what it has been right. rebuilt right. from what what harm or tragedy it suffered mm-hmm. is now rebuilt to be as good as it was before with more beauty. It's a really pretty idea. It's it is a very pretty idea. And yeah. I think because we're in a safe system mm-hmm. generally, we can look forward to perceiving ourselves and our characters through their flaws yep. as good things. Right. Right. And so I would, I would almost put forth that ethics create the world that we're playing in to be the way it is, but it's the morals of the people within it that generate our heroes and our villains. Right. We know that PCs are exceptional. They're not NPC. They're a cut above or they're a cut different from the rest. And it's that moral difference in them that drives them or that experience that changed them and changed their outlook on how they deal with things that have pushed them to become a special person. Yeah. It's not their ethics. It's their morals. It's the morals that yeah. make them stand out. Yeah. And, and one of the great things that we do as world builders, as story writers, um, one of the ways, and we talked about this with villains before mm-hmm. is you can take a villain and change one thing about them from one of your main characters. One thing. Oh, yeah. And all of a sudden, they are a mirror image of that person, of what could have happened Mm -hmm. and where their story could have gone. It could have gone, quote, unquote, wrong. Right. Right. Um, And we can look at these changes that you can inflict and and do by just shifting one bead from the good column to the bad column Mm -hmm. or whatever it is, one serious kind of idea shift. And that becomes a very interesting parallel between the characters. Right. Right. Why is it okay 
to not do something good if it's hard. <laughs> right. Right. Something had to get you to that point. Mm-hmm. That's because that's a huge statement. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it is. It doesn't, doesn't matter who says it. That's a huge statement. Yeah. And so these types of things c- can be used in a very proactive way of, of utilizing our flaws, utilizing the difference in our decision making whether that's through an NPC. And remember, you can be brutal with NPCs. <laughs> be brutal right? to NPCs. Be brutal to them. Be brutal with them, right? Teach the lesson that they're supposed to mm-hmm. impart, right? Mm-hmm. Kindness can be a lesson that they impart, yep. right? So can cruelty, right? They yep. can both be... Forgiveness, right? redemption, right? all that stuff. Yep. All of those things, all of those aspects, all those virtuous ethic things. Yep can be taught through NPCs as can the the reverse of that. Mm-hmm. Right? But it's, it's the difference in their faults that can make them really beautiful and interesting. Right. If you, as characters, as characters, yeah. especially if you try and appreciate them, switch the perspective, mm-hmm. try and appreciate them as being unique because of their flaws, not their conformities. Right. Right. Yeah. And, and when we go through these kinds of things, understand that, we have all, all done naughty things while playing D and oh. Yes, we have. We have all ignored Geneva Conventions, and we have all ignored, you know, collateral yep. damage and mm-hmm. all of these sorts of things. In fact, sometimes we have reveled in these sorts of things, <laughs> making them the. Can I rule of cool this? Yes, you can surf on the orphan across the... We're <laughs> the not orphan, wow. Well, he's an orphan orc. So it's okay. An orphan? Or- um, <laughs> he's... <laughs> surf's up, dude. The government a made a, 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 a new building for orphans. Let's just burn it down. <laughs> nah, bro, catch it, babe. Um, <laughs> these, these sorts of things we can, like in the preamble, talked about. These become... <laughs> kind of that dark tapestry of the actions. Yep. No matter how virtuous, somebody is viewing what you did as wrong. Yeah. Right? Yeah. There's for every good action, somebody can view that as a negative or a wrong or mm-hmm. evil or whatever it is, right? Because they don't share your ethics, your morals, right? Or your group's morals, mm-hmm. your group's ethics. And, and that can become very interesting to explore as the DM, as mm-hmm. the party, as you guys want to explore, because that's what you said in session zero. Yep. Great. I'm going to put in somebody who's the exact opposite, right? <laughs> I'm going to create the balance, that orthogonal development mm-hmm. to show you what the other side of the looking glass is. Right. Be like, right. So when you go in and you guys decide as a group, no, we will give quarter. We will grant mercy. Mm-hmm. They don't. Their rules of engagement, no. Right. You are in my way. (laughs) That's it. That's it. No prisoners. It doesn't matter what you are. It doesn't matter your Mm -hmm. age, sex, gender, race. Doesn't matter. Flora, fauna, creature, (laughs) object, nothing will stand in my path. And you can, that's a very easy contrast to mercy, kindness, Mm -hmm. right? No, let's pull the fight away from the farmers, away from the villagers, fight them in the field over there, Mm -hmm. right? Where we can control some of the damage. Are these fire? Let's fight them by the river. So in case things happen, Mm -hmm. we can douse, we have quick access to water, whatever it is, those kinds of things. Um, One interesting parallel, not parallel, uh, I suppose this is perpendicular. 
Hmm. Timeout. Not a timeout. <laughs> is when we look at what we would consider a normal human kingdom. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, let's look at Waterdeep or Baldur's okay. Gate. It Baldur's doesn't Deep. really matter. Never would. Right. Right? Let's look at these. Always summer. <laughs> I want to go there. Um, <laughs> Those elves. When we look at these places, these human cities, which some of you have played lots of campaigns in, mm-hmm. right? And we compare that with the hierarchy and the extreme lawful nature of the nine hells. Right. Right. The denizens of Bator, right, have an extremely lawful system. Yep. They, they righteously punish anybody who dares to break a contract. Mm-hmm. Does that mean that they're more lawful? And if lawful is a good thing, does that mean that devils are better, societally speaking, than humans? Well, laws are at the, at the end of the moral spectrum. Right. And I think for them, it kind of bumps up a little bit. Yep. Right? Yep. Um, up, up that kind of scale. Well, because their laws are religious, too. Their religion their as well. laws are religious as well, yes. Um, but when we look at it, that cultural relativism, mm. like you mentioned before, right? The human world is there. Humans first. Okay, great. If, if that's the one that we're basing everything on. Yep. That it's neither good or bad. You can't say that humans are good because we haven't compared them to anything. Right. They just are. Right. They just are. The stat blocks tell us that ethically there are races of other humanoids and whatnot that are more evil mm. than and that are more good than. Right. We can go in both directions. Cultural Kantianism. <laughs> Cultural Kants. Yes. Um, it can absolutely happen. Yeah. But what we, what we have to do then is define who's in the middle. Who, right. is, who is our kind of keystone or our cornerstone? Cornerstone. Our cornerstone of this alignment shift, of what we're going to compare to. And then how do we view them beautifully when normally we're supposed to view them negatively? Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. What are the virtues of drow society, of the stereotypical drow society? Right. Right. Is there a virtue? Can you find it? Because there's got to be something in there. Right. Maybe there isn't. This, this is a great example because it's real rough. It's real rough down out. there, yeah. But maybe there is something good about it. Um, not if you know anything about Corellian, but, you know, it's... Yeah. it's are they feminists? Of, they aren't... I guess they are feminists? In, in some definitions. Well, I, I, no, I don't know if they're... Feminists, but not seeking equality. No. Feminists, no. feminists seeking domination. No. So I don't know if that's feminism. I'm not. Yeah, certain kinds of feminism. Well, I'm not going to. Yeah, that's not. We're going to go there. We're going to go there. But, but, but with, with that understanding is, can we try and find the virtues therein? Right? Right. What is good about that society? It's very orderly. But there's a lot of trickery. There's a lot of deceit. There's yes. a lot of, you know, there's a lot of meritocracy happening. Mm-hmm. The powerful rise to the upper echelons. Right. Right. Is that a good thing? Oh, maybe in small doses, but not for everyone. Cause that means that the weak suffer. Right. right. And, we, and we know when we're virtuous, we need to be merciful. We need to be kind. Right. We need to protect. Um, and, and so kind of things like this are really interesting. Even the consequences of magic. 
Yes. Right? Like, and some of the magic that you can do is is just like, oh, yes, we killed a thousand people. Sure. But I can bring them back. (laughs) No, really. It's like their deaths are meaningless because I can reverse that. Well, I tortured him for three hours till he gave me the mess, uh, the answer that I wanted. And then and I wiped his memory. Yep. He, he doesn't know that he was tortured. Right. And, and I, I and healed and, him. Yep. Yep. There is no evidence that I did anything wrong to him or anything dastardly or any of that. Does that pain then still exist for him for, from their perspective? Mm-hmm. If it's an NPC, right? Do they know? Well, depending on your ethics, ethical theory, it could be very good. Or it, it could be very, fine. It could be horrible. perfectly fine. Yep. Right. Or you could have done something even worse because you went and not only manipulated somebody's body, but, but you their mind. their mind. Enchantment charm is so evil sometimes. Yeah. Right. Friends, oh, like person, just, suggestion. Just nonchalantly deceiving people and like, and like manipulating them. Mm-hmm. Right, like glibness, like what do you do? just just throw the innkeep. Why to get a discount? Yeah. What? Yeah. No, there's there's a lot of implication there. We're not even talking like stinking cloud and incendiary like, cloud. I want I want I want a free coffee, so I'm just gonna gaslight the barista. Yeah. Like, no, I already paid for that. Oh, I yeah, you're right. You did. Here you go. Thanks. <laughs> oh, you made it wrong. Can you remake it? <laughs> right. There's. There is very small infractions to very huge infractions, right? Mm-hmm. Mass suggestion and stuff like that gets crazy. Well, there's no consent. There's no nothing. There's nothing. Any of those kind of domination spell that you don't even get to do something in compliance with the request. Right. You do what their will tells you to do to the best of your ability, right? You mm-hmm. don't get a say. You just do it. This is huge, yep. right? Blighting someone's field or cursing them or whatever, right? Causing yep. massive agricultural disruption if you're doing environmental damage and whatnot. Um, but also I can reverse that. It's been seven years of famine. Why didn't you call the druid? <laughs> like just pay him a hundred gold and right. bless the field. We will have corn in three days. No one will be hungry again. Why? Like there's, there's At this a- point, if you don't bless the land, you are evil. You are evil, right? Like you could have done. It's so simple. It's so right. easy. The, the evil that, the good that you should have done, that right. you ought to do, that you don't. And so it becomes super complicated when you when you get involved mm-hmm. with magic. And that's that is a whole X factor that we haven't talked about at no. all. Because when we talk about going too hard, too fast, magic does that. The ethic of magic, Ooh. right? It. I don't. I don't even know if wizards would be lawfully allowed. Or they would be the only ones. They would be that kind of Illuminati 1% and they would control everything. And should you dare to disrupt the battle? No, you are literally disintegrated. You no longer exist. Um, These, yeah, magic is scary. Mm -hmm. When we start talking about moral and ethical implications. Good thing you have gods to stop them. Right. This is is exactly, (laughs) well, kind of. But I mean, this is a great example like the Red Wizards of Thay. Yeah. Right. Where they, they endorse necromancy. They endorse power. They like the Tulani of Morrowind. Tulani? Mm. Not, mm. not Tulani. Those are the good not guys. Not Tunac. Whatever. Tunac. Then. Dunmer? No. Dunmer. Dunmer. Yeah. The Dark Elves. The Dark Elves. Yeah. It's one of the families. That, like, yeah. Anyways. 
yeah, burn each other, and they they live in their tall mushrooms. <laughs> burn, yes, because they they are wizards that believe tall in power. Hey, well, whatever. We fail. Um, these <laughs> these sorts of things are very important to consider from both sides of the spectrum, because at the end of the day or the session, it is a fair question to ask. Yes. Are we the bad guys? Right. Right. Did we have a bad, quote unquote, bad day? Have we had a bad week or Mm -hmm. are we having a bad campaign? Well, it turned out great. Yeah, but the blood, sweat, and tears left in your wake of destruction could argue that maybe you're not the bad guy. You you beat the worst guy. Right. But you're not the good guys. Sometimes either. it takes a monster to defeat a monster. Sometimes okay? you could find yourself featured in the monstrous manual. Um, right. But this is, this is a fair question. This is a fair question to ask depending on where you find yourself in that alignment, what your core values mm-hmm. are. Have you deviated from them? Have you stuck hard and fast to them, but watched others break rules around mm-hmm. you and you were complacent in their sin, right. I suppose, yep. or their deviance from your moral alignment? And how does that affect what it is that you're doing? Can it, can it truly be a good thing if you've done evil to get there? Um, some will say yes. Batman's belt will say yes. Batman's belt says whatever he needs it to because he's got everything. Right? So many pockets. Um, Steal these pockets. But this is, this, is a, this is a tough and uh, there's no answer to this question. Yep. Only you will have an understanding of where you're at and where your PC is at and where your party is at. And if it's not going in the right direction, what do you want to do about it? Are you going to do anything about it? Are you going to shift that trolley from five evils to aim for one evil instead and make a positive impact? Or are you just going to, you know, smite that one as you go by over the other five to make everything mm-hmm. equal? Just kill them all. <laughs> just kill them all. Uh, let God sort them out. Or just, or just put it in the middle and kill the engineer. <laughs> yeah. Well, why don't you just telekinesis the trolley over the whole thing? Right? It changes everything. Uh, magic. Good old magic. Just kill them all and just raise them all as uh, skeletons. Oh, nice. Right? They can live on forever. Exactly. Happy with their skeleton buddies. Playing with their skeleton dog. Right? Yeah. Like Being it. tied to their skeleton train tracks. <laughs> Are we back in here, man? Life? And when, this, when will this end? This thought experiment. <laughs> Thought it ended with death. It never ends. Uh, so yeah, I think I stop there. That's a heavy yeah. load, but I think that's a great question to leave with you. Mm. Um, because I think that you're probably a good person. I think that you make good choices or the best choices that you can make. Um, and maybe your character does the same, but you have that one character that you're thinking about that doesn't. Right. Right. Because it's always fun to flirt with those lines and to play around with your concept and conception of these sorts of things. We all have that one character in our back pocket that would definitely jack somebody and steal all their stuff. Well, because none of us are perfect. Correct. Right. We do have those broken parts of us and those darker parts of us. Mm-hmm. And D&D is a great place to explore that in a safe manner. Correct. Right. So take all the things that we've talked about, uh, try to really grok it, 
And then grok it. We have to fully understand it completely. Grok. Grok. Okay. It. Grok it. Grok the things that we've spoken in this episode. Grok the uh, shit out of it. And go and explore your own moralities and your own ethics uh, and have fun and come out. I don't know. I don't know if you're a better person on the other side, but uh, more enlightened. Yeah, exactly. Right. Hopefully we've enlightened you when you found value in, in this episode. Oof. It's been heavy and it's I think it's coming on two hours now. You, we but, Let us uh, know how you like these longer sessions. We keep digging into bigger topics yeah. and bigger ideas um, because that's what the wizard tells us. Dungeon Master, sorry. Sorry. That's what the Dungeon Master tells us yeah. that we have to do. Um, let us know if you like yeah. it. Let us know if you have a big idea that you want discussed um, and we can take a stab at it. Or you'd be like, hey, caffeine, shut up. Cantrips, be quiet. Yeah. Let's deal just, with something. Just give me top 10 best classes. Yeah. And uh, they start with Paladin, they end with Paladin. Paladin. <laughs> In the middle, you know what's there? Paladin. Paladin all the way down. Right. Give me give me the, the five best Paladin subclasses. Paladin. Walmart. That's Florida Man. I was the Florida Man. Oh, Walmart's there too, though. Oh, is there, uh, I think so. Well, we do Florida Oakland. Man's top, though, probably. Yeah, he's pretty awesome. Yeah. Gator Smite. <laughs> Anyways, thank you uh, for sticking with us this whole entire episode. Uh, what ethical devotion you have. Right? Uh, this has been Caffeine and Cantrips. Sure has. I'm Sean. And I am Byron. Yeah. We'll see you next time. Or else. You do your your announcer voice. It's fun. Yeah. Yeah. You like that? What's the announcer voice? Where you talk like this. Yes. And every word is enunciated. Except for backlanes. (laughs) It was like backlands. I was like, what the fuck's a backlands? Them backlands. Them backlands. We gotta go head to them backlands to get them. I want two or backlands backlands with extra sauce. Mm. Mm -hmm. Ah. Mm -hmm. Backlands. Drop some of that mustard on my backlands. Oh, I'll give you some mustard. Rub it in.